He's got a beautiful backswing. Dad! Oh, he got all of that one. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Lay up with an iron into the hazard. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know. What is up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Colby Powell, Taylor Williams, Sam Humphreys with you on a Sunday afternoon recapping what is the conclusion to the mega major season. Seven majors over the course of the last 11 months. Colin Morikawa wins Two of them. A year ago at this time, Colin Morikawa was a 23-year-old who had lipped out at the Colonial to lose in a playoff to Daniel Berger. We were questioning the putting. We knew the ball striking was great. And now he is on a trajectory toward becoming one of the greats in the game. Already as many majors in his career as Dustin Johnson has. More majors than the likes of John Rahm as well as many others. Colin Morikawa put on an absolute display today. And at 24 years old, he now holds a PGA Championship and an Open Championship. Just an unbelievable performance. Your champion golfer of the year. There it is. Colin Morikawa. There they it already is. updated his picture on the website, too, of him <laughs> holding the trophy. By the I way, they long. must have gotten a new guy doing the champion golfer of the year. It sounded more like, and champion golfer of the year. Well, they had a two-year break. Morikawa. I like your little British voice there you do, though, for champion golfer of the year. Did you rehearse that before? Did you, like, look in the mirror, have your iPhone out with the recorder and listen to yourself? All right, that sounded good. Nope, all right, delete it. Then you kind of tweak with it. Because, I mean, that was pretty perfection. All I know is that my accent is not Bullocks. It is not. It is not Bullocks, <laughs> like uh, Tyrrell Hatton would say on Friday. Guys, Colin Morikawa, bogey-free today. He was also bogey-free in the final round at the PGA Championship. It, it's just it's unbelievable what he's been able to do on these Sundays down the stretch to win these majors. It, it was pretty much him and Louie uh, in that final group most of the way. And then Spieth, in the middle of his round, played an eight-hole stretch at six under par, really gave himself a chance to get back into the tournament. But there was no let-up whatsoever from Colin Morikawa. Every time he got out of position, he made the saves he needed to make. He made the putts that he needed to make. He wins by two, and he is a very deserving champion golfer of the year. Yeah, I thought that Morikawa's up and downs on three, four, and seven really freed up his iron game and, and swing throughout the rest of the round. Sometimes in those uh, nervy final rounds of major championships, you kind of need uh, to settle into the round and kind of, you know, even a good par, and he had three good pars on, like I said, three, four, and seven, and, and that kind of allowed him to get in a, get in a rhythm and get in a groove. Uh, and sometimes when you're getting the ball up and down, uh, especially for a guy like Morikawa, who sometimes, not today, struggles with his putting, uh, it takes a little pressure off your iron game, right, Tito? Oh, man. he Yeah, whenever you have a certain facet of your game that usually is holding you back and you get that rolling, I mean, it just opens up everything for you. And he was able to make a lot of free swings. I know I heard A. Zinger on the commentary a couple times talk about how lucky he got. And, I mean, there were some times where he squirted some bunkers by a yard, but that's what it takes to win not just an open championship but any golf tournament. You have to have – I mean, it's a game of inches, if not millimeters to an extent. And one thing I want to talk about, guys, I mean, obviously Morikawa played great, but you look at Jordan Spieth, he bogeyed four and six – 
coming out of the gate today. And he bogeyed 17 and 18 yesterday, missing the, what is it, a foot putt on 18 yeah. yesterday. If that, maybe 18 inches so, if so being four, generous. So that's four bogeys and an eight-hole stretch yeah, for I, Jordan Spieth. Yeah. And, lost, and, and lost by two. He's got to be kicking himself after yesterday. When he's sitting there uh, in 17 fairway uh, on Saturday afternoon over in England, you got to be, if you're Jordan Spieth, you got to be thinking, man, I got to at least get it in the clubhouse at 12 under, uh, excuse me, at 11 under, maybe 12 under. Uh, and he ends up at nine under walking off the course yesterday and then follows it up uh, playing the first five holes at two over today. And so he really, really dug himself a hole and just comes up a little short just because Colin Morikawa, I mean, it was raining buckets for Colin Morikawa. <laughs> I don't know who this guy was, Colby. You always talk about uh, how he's a below average putter. All of us do. Uh, and I don't understand how Colin Morikawa, of all people, was Tiger-esque every time someone made a, made a run at him, he just had an answer. And on the year, Colin Morikawa is literally losing a full half shot uh, on the field putting. Just a, a straight up .5 uh, negative in so strokes gain putting. And I, I haven't I haven't had it pulled up today because the British Open, they don't have the strokes gain stats live on Data Golf, but I'll, I'm sure we'll find it. But Colin Morikawa had to have gained at least like three shots on the field today putting. I can't tell you what the exact number was, but I know coming into the week, Colin Morikawa, Colin Morikawa ranked 124th on the PGA Tour in strokes gained putting. He ranked first this week in strokes gained putting. And that's the thing, even... And, and that's why whenever you're filling out lineups, whenever you're making predictions and stuff, and it's a Tuesday, everyone, all the experts, all the, the numbers guys, the analytics guys say that strokes gained putting is the least determinative factor of who's going to win that week because it's not about who's the best putter over a course of 52 weeks. Whenever it just comes down to four days, and Colin Morikawa, he has these flashes. He did the same thing at concession. At concession, he was top five in the field in yep. strokes gained putting. So three or four times a year, Colin Morikawa is going to have a week where he's one of the five best putters in the field, and every time he does that, he's going to win because he always hits the ball great. Yeah, that's that's the whole point, Colby. When when Colin Morikawa has the putter rolling, uh, you can look at it. It, it, it uh, let's see here at the sorry, Data Golf just went on went off on me, but at the w, WGC Workday Championship, he gained seven and a half shots at. The players, he gained 6.25 shots in one round. In one round at the Heritage, he gained 5.79 shots. And then at the Memorial, he had a round where he gained 7.37. And then he also had a round where he gained 7.97. My point is, when he gets the putter hot, and it's not like it never happens for Morikawa. It definitely does. Uh he blows away the field, and he didn't necessarily blow away the field, but he waltzed to victory down uh, 18 in England. Yeah, here, here's just to put in perspective how great of a ball striker Colin Morikawa is. <clears throat> Excuse me. Over the last six months, he is the leader in uh, strokes gain approach to green at 1.59. Second best, Paul Casey, 1.26. Third best, our boy Victor Hovland, 1.09. So he is .5 strokes per round better than third place on the tour over the last six months. Over the last 12 months, he's still Still leads that. He is at 1.23. The next best is Justin Thomas at 1.02. And that's back when JT, we look back 8 to 12 months ago, he was one of the best iron players in the world. That was the debate. Who's better him? Who's better, Morikawa or JT? And it's clear that Morikawa is stepping himself into that next that next hierarchy of, like, hey, I'm the elite. I'm number one, and yep. there's not a number two. I totally two. agree. And how many just clutch seven irons just on a rope right at the pin did we see, Colby? I mean, it seemed like it was every time he needed 
one. Yeah, and this season, it, it's funny you bring that up because we were talking about Morikawa or JT. Uh, I saw the stat yesterday that this season, in strokes gained approach, the gap from one to two is the same in terms of actual strokes gained as the gap from two to 55. Wow. I mean, Colin Morikawa is lapping the PGA Tour when yeah. it comes to strokes gained approach. Yeah, yeah. so for example, we, we mentioned over the last six months, he's .5 ahead of Hovland, at, at, uh, and Hovland's at point, uh, I'm sorry, 1.09. So you look down, look at someone at .59. You get down right below, that's Abraham Answer. You're looking at someone at uh, some guy you had this week, uh, Colby Mateus Schwab, uh, Doug Gim, Kevin Stroman, Kyle Stanley, all guys, uh, TG's down there, all guys that are playing good. But that goes to show that's the difference between one and three and three and whatever these guys are down in mm-hmm. the 20, you know, 30s, 40s or yeah, whatever. Yeah, I mean, he's so just... It's, it's insane. Yeah, just real quick, starts. I mean, now I know that he's so young, but he's won two majors, probably our... Uh, First ballot Hall of Famer already. Isn't that I mean, weird his, to think? His resume, if he never played another tournament, he's probably a Hall of Famer, yeah. right? Two, I, two majors, a WGC. But here's my question I want to pose to y'all. Other than Tiger Woods, is there anyone else that you've ever seen under the circumstances of major championships and big events such as the Memorial uh, or Concession or tournaments like that you know, that we've seen Morikawa, that, that is better than Morikawa strokes gained approach or with his irons. I, I tweeted out earlier from the 73rd hole account that he may be the second best iron player we've ever seen. I'm, I'm, too, uh, I'm too young to have watched Ben Hogan. I'm too young to have watched Jack Nicklaus. Uh, I'm too young to have watched whoever, Tom Watson, uh, Arnold Palmer, all these guys. In my lifetime, I think the only better iron player I've seen is Tiger Woods and mm-hmm. what Tiger Woods did. I mean, his numbers, what Colin Morikawa is doing this season is historic and his numbers don't come close to like four of Tiger's best seasons. So nobody's ever going to be as good of an iron player as Tiger was in his prime. But I mean, Morikawa might be in a second tier somewhat by himself with what he's doing with his iron. Do any of y'all know this, y'all might. In his, since he's turned professional, how many missed cuts does Colin Morikawa have? Uh, I'm going to guess one. Because I know say, I know he had the long streak to I'm start his career, three. and it got broken. Very close. He actually had back-to-back missed cuts in 2020. Missed the, uh, at Wingfoot and then missed at the Shriners Hospital Open. Uh, oh. the, an- the answer is that, is that he's had four missed four? cuts. Really? Okay. That's definitely more than I would have thought. Uh, so let's just let's give out some Colin Morikawa stats and, here and, and from were, Justin Ray. Ju- just, just his four missed cuts were all within a 15-week stretch. Okay, so he just went in a little mini slump. Yeah, pretty much, essentially. Yeah, little yeah. mini slump. So these are all from Justin Ray on Twitter. Justin Ray is... The absolute man whenever it comes to the golf stats. So let's just rifle off, rapid fire a few of them here. Colin Morikawa went bogey-free in the final round of both of his major wins. He's the only player in the last 25 years, so that includes Tiger's entire career, only player in the last 25 years to win multiple majors with bogey-free final rounds. Uh, More Morikawa stats here. First player to win two different major championship debuts at the PGA in the Open. Fewest major starts needed to win twice since Bobby Jones. That was a long time ago. That doesn't count, according to Sam. (laughs) No, that counts. Uh, Second player to win the Open and the PGA Championship before age 25, the other being Tiger Woods. Youngest player to win the Open when trailing entering the final round since 1979. That was Seve Ballesteros. Third all-time to win multiple majors when trailing through 54 holes before age 25. Uh, Jack Nicklaus and Bobby Jones, the others. Tenth to win the Open debut and first to do it since Ben Curtis in 2003 at this same golf course. And then the last one, the fourth American to win the Open before age 25. Jordan Spieth, Tiger Woods, Bobby Jones, the other three. It's 
it's historic the category that he's put himself into at such a young age, and I, I don't even know. Um, it, you don't want to use hyperbole when you talk about these guys because there's a lot of guys who get off to hot starts of their career. Rory got off to a mega hot start when he was young. Spieth got off to a mega hot start when he was young. It is so hard to sustain that level of ex- excellence over the course of 10, 15, 20 years. It, it's why only a handful of guys in the history of the game of golf have ever gotten to double-digit majors. It's hard, 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 hard to do, but Colin Morikawa is off to an unbelievable start to his career. It is pretty wild how big of a name Spieth is nowadays, but I think that, you know, Spieth has always kind of struggled off the tee, and sometimes with the putting, you know, we saw where he looks at the hole on the short putts and then obviously had a falter or a fault yesterday on 18 and then almost missed one on 18 the day before. That was actually a great call by Azinger saying, remembering that he almost uh, missed that putt uh, on 18 on Friday night before he missed it on Saturday night. But here's my question to y'all. Rom, Morikawa, and Spieth, and and the reason why I said that it's interesting that Spieth was such a big name was, are we going to start having the Morikawa talk like we had all the Spieth talk? Because I think that Morikawa's ceiling is a lot higher than Spieth will ever be. Yeah, I, I think that with Spieth, it was kind of the first young gun, really, since we had convinced ourselves that Tiger was out of the game to come along. So I think everyone was looking for that. Mm-hmm. I think we're kind of past that a little bit to where we can just let guys play their own careers without trying to compare them to Tiger because yeah. I, I don't think it was fair to Spieth to do that, and I don't think it would be fair to Morikawa to do that. Uh, I mean, if you were to ask me today who of those three guys wins more majors in their career, Spieth, Morikawa, or Rom, I would probably go Morikawa. Um, Over Rom? I would go Rom. I'd, you, go, I'd go Rom, too. Rom? You'd both go Rom. That is legitimate shocking to me. I would definitely go Rom. Rom should have won the tournament this week, but he putted like trash. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. I think, uh, I, I mean, look, Rom's a great player. I could be wrong, but I, I just, I love everything, everything about Morikawa's game. I, I do want, before we get off of Morikawa real quick, I do want to bring up the fact that on Friday, when Morikawa in the morning went out and shot that 64, I feel like that's really what freed him up for the weekend and everything. And his win probability, I think I said this on the last show, from that morning went from 5% to 25%, and it just kept rising from there. And it shows how important that round for him was on Friday morning to set the pace. Yeah, to put himself into position. One of the best shots I saw of really all of yesterday was was on number 11, the long par three. He had himself a little cut five wood in there. Mm-hmm. And it was like pin high 10 feet from the hole. And yeah. no one else was getting it on the green, or if they were, they were 50 feet away. And those those are the type of shots that you have to hit to win major championships because he, was, he had a shorter birdie putt on that hole than like the previous six guys did for par. On that hole, because Spieth was in the bunker, yeah. put it out, and that misses par putt. That was one of the things. And you just look down Spieth, like I was talking about earlier. He just had a lot of those careless bogeys where Morikawa was just able to keep his head steady and not have to put so much stress on him. That is a great point. And I wanted to bring up another point that we've had two major champions this year, boys, who have changed putting grips during the tournament. <laughs> okay, Phil did it. And this is my point to all listeners, all amateurs out there. Don't be afraid to change your grip or change something that feels more comfortable in the certain moment. We Morikawa doesn't have a specific uh, footage that he changes. It's just what feels comfortable. If it's too far away and he feels like he needs the conventional grip, he goes conventional. We saw Phil at the PGA on 17 switch to the claw because it felt more comfortable to him. So don't be afraid to tinker with that stuff if it feels more comfortable. Don't tinker with it if it 
feels less comfortable. Like, just see right. what feels more comfortable to you. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, Morikawa got the win, but let's let's talk about Jordan Spieth because he was very much in this tournament, made the mistakes yesterday late in the round, had that yippy little putt on mm-hmm. 18 that was just brutal, brutal, brutal to watch. He did get mega hot for a stretch today, though. The eagle at seven was big time. He backed that up with a few more birdies, and he was very much in this tournament. I, I don't feel like Spieth could have done a ton more today. You know, he made the mistakes yesterday late in the round, but today I thought he played a pretty good round of golf, had yeah. the couple bogeys early, but I, I don't know. We, we said Morikawa, uh, Spieth, or Rom. Y'all both went Rom. I went Morikawa. Nobody goes Spieth, but I'll say this for Spieth. I don't totally love him at U.S. Opens and PGAs going forward. I think that that's really dependent on setup, but at Augusta and at the Open, mm-hmm. I mean, he's really comfortable playing link-style golf. He's really comfortable at Augusta, so as long as he can keep you know playing this kind of game that he's found himself, I, I also don't think Spieth's necessarily done oh, uh, winning majors. He, he could still no. have a couple more in the bag. I, I, I completely agree. I think, <clears throat> excuse me, I think that his prowess at Augusta and in the Open Championship, this is, I mean, his record here is probably better than it is at Augusta, which is something that's hard to say. And I just think that, because kind of like you mentioned to that point, Colby, when we talk about those three, I think that Rom has the best game to transcend to all four different venues, if that makes sense. And I mean, I know one thing that we talked about before this week, I had the great call on Tuesday said, oh, there's a lot better value this week than Morikawa because <laughs> he's never played an open and he won't know what to do with the weather. The problem was there was no weather, hardly. And so he's able to get around that. I worry uh, if... Can, can I just say one thing on that? He did have to play in the strongest wind on Thursday and he had the best afternoon round. He shot three oh, under. absolutely. He, he got the worst end of the draw and he did have the best yep. afternoon round in the wind. Oh, oh yeah, he, he had a better tee time than, than Spieth and Louie did. To, I mean, there's no doubt about that. So I'm not c- criticizing there. I'm saying just the point of that I think that maybe him, and this kind of going against both my points here, I think that him winning this tournament will propel him into other opens. Mm-hmm. Let's say, for example, the weather gets up to be 25, 30 mile an hour wind. He's still going to have that confidence saying, hey, I've already won an open, so yeah. I can do it again no matter what the conditions are. Yeah. I agree with you. And speaking to that confidence point, I think that Spieth, you know, coming from the deep de- depths that he was in, I think that we're still kind of seeing, you know, when he really got in contention in this tournament late Saturday, early Sunday, he kind of faltered a little bit. And then when we saw him play his good golf was later on Sunday when he was chasing again. I think that Spieth, you know, still needs to gain that confidence back. Uh, and that's what he's doing right now uh, and has done all year. He still needs to gain that confidence back that he is the man when it comes down to, you know, a, a three horse race with Louis and Morikawa that Spieth should in his mind I don't know if he really believes that he's better than you know Morikawa right now and I think that sometimes uh that little bit of doubt can get in your head uh especially on maybe some short putts or 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 especially on a day like today where you need to get off to a hot start and put some pressure on Louis Morikawa uh he didn't do that and but I do think that I don't think that that's just you know gonna be the norm going forward I think that that's part of him digging himself out of the slump that he was in. And I, I honestly think this is another great week for Jordan Speed. You know, huge positives on the week. I'll say that's a great point about him being more comfortable as the chaser. It seems like he's been more comfortable as the chaser uh, at times throughout his career. We remember what happened when he took the big lead into the back nine against Danny Willett at Augusta on the 12th hole. And then at the Open against Matt Kuchar, I mean, he looked like he was dead and gone. But as the chaser, he was more comfortable. Today, early in the round, he looked tight. He looked uncomfortable. Uh, what was the par three where he stepped up? Was it six where he left it way short? I mean, yep. I mean, probably 25 yards short of where he wanted to land it because the ball rode up the face and came up short. And he makes two bogeys early. He falls five back of the lead. 
lead at that point, what happens? Then he plays the next eight holes at six under. So that's a great point. I do think he is more comfortable as the chaser. Yeah, and you, you look at his stats, not not just from this tournament, but overall, and he's gaining point f- over the last six months, 0.58 putting, 0.42 around the green, 1.05 approach. The only thing holding him back is driving. He's still actually gaining strokes driving, 0.18. But you look at, he, he's second overall in the last six months behind Rom. But you look at all the other guys around him, everyone else is gaining, it seems like, over 0.5 off the tee box. So if he's able to get his driver working a little bit better, I'm not sure that the answer to that is trying to hit it 10 to 15 yards further. I think the answer to that is just hit two more fairways around. And I think that he'll be able to 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 make some impact. And I think one thing that's interesting is that he's point, gaining 0.58 putting, but also not even including this week, even some tournaments going back, he misses a lot of short putts, it seems like. I don't know if it's just from him getting all the TV time, because we talk about that all the time. 50% is about 8 feet, but we're like, well, it's just because they show all the, the people that make it. Well, is it just because Spieth gets so much TV time that we see the, the short miss putts, or is it that he actually misses them when they matter? Because that's what it looked like to me. So going back to January 1, boys, is Spieth the comeback player of the year this year? The comeback player of the year? That's a... I think qu- most improved player is Brian Harmon. I think comeback player of the year is Jordan Spieth. I like that. Yeah, I, I like know that he didn't a lot. win a major, but he contended twice yeah. heavily. I'd have then- to I'd have to really take a, a deep look to look at most improved, just because I don't want to rip that off right off the top. But I'm tar- trying to think of another player who was down and out and then had as good of a season as Jordan. I don't know. Comeback player of the year is probably Jordan Spieth. I think it is. And I mean, good for him. That's uh, that's very well deserved. I don't know who the PGA Tour Player of the Year will be. That'll be an interesting race because... It should be John Rahm. It's... Well, I mean, it could go a couple ways. I mean, Morikawa now has a World Golf Championship and a Major Championship this year. I I don't know. I mean, uh, and also, I I don't know the answer to this. Does Player of the Year this year, does that start in September? I don't know. Yeah, it's for the calendar. It's for the the PGA Tour season. So So, so it's it's basically FedEx Cup as well. So it's for six majors. Oh, that's a good question. I uh, did though. Did Bryson's win at Wingfoot and DJ's win? Do they count towards FedEx Cup? Uh, I think they did. Yeah. Then I think that it would count. Yeah. That's so weird, though. That's so weird. weird to think that Bryson and DJ does, would both have a major that would count in Player of the Year voting. This might be a dumb question, but in Player of the Year, does Ryder Cup count? Uh, no, because won't that won't Player of the Year be voted on after the FedEx Cup playoffs? Yes. Just right yeah. after. And yeah, then I believe the, so. The Ryder Cup is after that. Yeah, okay. yeah. Ryder Cup's in September. So, yeah, be really interesting to see how all that breaks down. I'll, I'll say, if Louis would have won this week, he would have had a case to be made for Player of the Year with some of the other stuff that he's done. But I, I got to give you all a little bit of grief. You, you bit the I cheese. Hey, I, I quoted my tweet. Cheese. I said, last night I said, at this time tomorrow night, Louis Eusazen will be the champion golf of the year. And I had to quote it today and said, nice call, dumbass. One for 200. One for 200. He wins half a percent of the time that he tees it up in his career on the PGA Tour. I don't know what it is. It's just, it's the Sunday woes for Louie. His swing got tight today. Swing didn't look comfortable. It did. And how many 25-footers did he leave 18 inches short? That I mean, that's the telltale sign. That he was getting to the hole the, the last three rounds. 100%. He was totally doing that. Yeah, totally tentative on the greens, and that's that's what's going to hold you back, and that's why he ended up losing by four strokes. And, we, I mean, out of all the people, we, we talked about Spieth having a chance to win. I mean, obviously, Louie, he, he held the lead after each round, did he not? He did, yes. Solo, Out, yeah. solo lead. Solo lead Outright, after each yeah. round. And 
to not be able to close it wire to wire. I mean, and we saw it today. I mean, he he hit it into the bunker on 13, kind of whenever he he almost hole in one on 11. So if he makes that, then we have all kinds. Of, and even even with that birdie, still had a chance. But then he hits it, drives it in the bunker on 13, has to lay up, makes a bogey, almost holds the wet shot on 14 yep. after hitting it in in the stuff. And then, but then I just look back. We we were talking about it earlier, guys. The scold bunker shot on seven that that went over, and and it was a bad break according to Azinger. <laughs> I mean, what in the world? are we thinking but yeah going out two over on the front not making a birdie until the 11th whenever you've had the the wire to wire lead that goes to show that you are definitely playing tentative to some extent yeah and it's just it, it's tough for Louie it's and I don't want it to sound like I'm ragging on the guy because you know I pretty much said all week hey it's cool that Louie has the lead he won't lead after the fourth round because yeah. it's just not what he does it's it, Louie is a a really good golfer he's really good it's just there's another level that you go to to get to great, and I just don't feel like Louie quite has that next step. It's just there's a next step that takes you from that really good player on the tour, which he has been for a long time, to take you to that great level, and I just I don't see that with Louie. The swing is sweet. He's putted it really well this year, but I don't know. For some reason, he keeps coming up just short, uh, and it was the same today. I mean, on that back nine today, it, it was – he was never really in contention. There was never really a feeling that, that Louis even could win the tournament yeah, on the I back mean, nine. Coming into the day-to-day, Louis Oosthuizen was the eighth player in the last 25 years to lead or co-lead six or more major championship rounds in a single season. Uh, each of his each of his previous seven, uh, each of the previous seven players won at least one major that year. Yeah, I mean it's hard it's hard to lead as many rounds in majors as Louis did this and year and not win and not win one. So that was what runner up at the PGA, runner up at the US open t3 at the open well yeah but Brutal. it was just talking about leading after yeah, yeah. certain rounds yeah, but yeah. yeah no i'm yeah. just saying the finishes it's yeah. just i don't know it's gonna be it's a hell uh, of a year t23 at the masters too so i'll top 25 so. yeah, yeah that's just crazy like you said hell of a year but for louis Ustazen and john rom backdoors himself a t3 how about john rom finishing 11 under par four under on the day i tell you what guys he did not make very many putts this week he missed a ton in the eight to foot ten foot range and he's still sitting there four back of the leader he's just his, his floor right now is incredibly high. His bad golf right now is so, so, so good. And, I mean, we're seeing that. I think I saw a stat earlier in his last uh, in his last four starts, he's been beaten by like by like nine guys and seven of them were at the Scottish. <laughs> I mean, that's unbelievable. John Rahm, I mean, by the way, boys, is kind of the backdoor top five king this year, just in either regular tournaments or – majors it's kind of crazy how many times that you see john rom he's like in the 20 like 20 12 to 20 range and then all of a sudden at the end of the day you look back and he finished top five top ten uh it, but it just goes to show that john rom you know is the most solid player in the world most consistent player in the world uh real quick on louie i was just what you guys brought up that he looked really tense at the start of the round today. It really did look like Louie's swing looked completely different from the other two days. I don't know if you agree, T-Dub, but it, it looked like he was just totally, you know, it, guiding it out there. We always talk about guiding it versus letting it go. And I even said after Louie made that bad bogey on the par five uh, on the front nine, I said that it might actually free him up a little bit now that he's been, you know, kind of playing with the lead for so long that he's kind of guiding it. And you could tell that it just means so much to him that he doesn't want to lose it. And it just, that's how he keeps losing it. But I don't know if you agree with what 
I saw about his swing. Also, well, this is what I noticed, and, and then made in the commentary too. Him, him, and his coach have been working on essentially turning all the way back on his backswing, finishing in his backswing as as it's most commonly known. And yep. what I noticed when Louis had his bad shots were two things happened: one, either his backswing was too short, mm-hmm. or his backswing transition was too fast. So okay. he would basically not get all the way to the top, or whenever he tried to come down, the hands would outrun the body or vice versa. Basically, he just was not in sync at all. That's kind of on Friday when he hit a couple of those shots that were loose and to the right. That's what I noticed was kind of a quicker transition into the ball, which led to that. And the thing I'll say about Louis is that, and they kept saying this throughout the telecast, over the last six months, he's he's been by far the best putter in the world, 1.09 strokes gained, but... Whenever you have to rely on your putter so much, whenever whenever that's clearly been the best part of your game, the next highest stat that Louis has is his approach to green, which is .39. And he is gaining strokes in every aspect, I will say that. But when you, when you have so much reliance on the putter and you have just a couple of putts not go in, not only does that hurt the score, obviously, but it hurts the momentum, too, because then you're so used to having those those par putts like Louie made on, on Thursday. For, I don't think he had that many on Thursday because he played so good, but Friday and even some yesterday, on, on Saturday, he was able to make those par putts with kept that momentum going, and then you rely so much on the putter whenever it's not 100% there. It's hard, like kind of like what you were saying earlier, Sam, when you do something else right, it makes everything else in the game better, and I think that was kind of the opposite of Louie today where his putter wasn't feeling the best Mm -hmm. so then that leads into everything else not feeling confident yeah I agree I just thought it was overall it just looked like he wanted it too bad today and that's what it looked like at the U.S. Open as well and it's crazy to say that but it's true you want something so bad that you make it not happen well we'll take a quick break come back a lot more to get into we got some questions that we've got on Twitter I want to talk a little bit about the broadcast because I was uh We'll talk about the broadcast on the other side. Also, we'll give you a couple updates about Taylor Moore throughout the show, chasing down his first Corn Ferry win this week in Springfield, Illinois, at the Memorial Health Championship presented by LRS. Taylor Moore, uh, local kid here from Edmond and a big-time friend of the show. We've had him on a few times, and he is fantastic. And, boys, just since we've come on the air, he's gone from tied for the lead at 21-under to leading by three shots. He's now at 23-under. Second place is in 20. Still a lot of golf to be played. He's got 13 more holes to go, but he's got a three-shot lead, so we'll keep you posted on what Taylor Moore is doing in Illinois as he chases down his first Corn Ferry Tour win and uh, what would all but guarantee him a PGA Tour card for the 2021-2022 season. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the broadcast. Much more from the Open Championship coming up next. Stay with us here on the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. When something the size of a golf ball hits your roof, you need to call McRae Roofing. McRae Roofing is Oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist. For years, Jeff McRae and the experienced team at McRae Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs. McRae Roofing uses only top quality materials and professional crews to make sure that each job is done right so it will give you the years of service, security, and protection you need from the unpredictable Oklahoma weather. McRae Roofing offers residential and commercial roofing, ventilation services, and custom copper designs. McRae Roofing is dedicated to exceeding the homeowner's expectations. It's not just a roof, it is your home's crowning glory. Call McRae Roofing today at 405-692-4000. That's 405-692-4000. Make sure to also visit their website at McRayRoofing.com. That's M-C-R-A-Y Roofing.com. Don't get caught with a leaking roof. Contact McRae Roofing for your free inspection today.
rolling along here on the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Head over to GolfOklahoma.org right now. GolfOklahoma.org. Subscribe. You can listen to the podcast right there on the front page. Make sure you subscribe. Get that magazine. Get the email blast. All that good stuff coming at you from the good folks at Golf Oklahoma. I know Ken McLeod was down at Dornick Hills uh, getting a guided tour, checking out the redesign that they're doing down there. That course is going to be phenomenal whenever it's done. Uh, so again, head over to Golf oklahoma.org and you can follow our podcast at the 73rd hole on twitter 73rd hole on instagram and wherever you're listening go ahead and subscribe rate review we would greatly greatly appreciate it uh we have a good time and we hope that everybody has a good time listening to us it was a great major championship now we're watching taylor moore come down the stretch uh pretty good sunday for golf 12 34 today boys that's what time the golf was over 12 34 our time they played fast today they played fast yesterday too. They played the leaders played in like three hours and fifty two minutes yesterday. It was it was. There's no water and there's yeah. one out of bounds. I mean wide fairways. Yeah, I mean they and they're not looking for balls because no they've got spotters. No, no wind. wind. Hey, real quick, we were talking about Rom and just to show how good he was hitting the ball on the week. Uh, John Rom led the field in greens in regulation at eighty point five six percent. To put that in perspective, Morikawa only hit seventy five percent of greens in regulation, and he hit the ball immaculately. Yeah, no, and it, well, that's all we said about Morikawa. But also, Morikawa had all those clutch up and downs of being able to make mm-hmm. those putts with the, with the saw grip. I don't want to. I don't want to say claw because I know you claw and saw guys are all. You I know, know we're. Is, it, no, I, I say we're all one group. I think it's, we're all one group, too. It's the same principle. It's taking the right hand and flipping it over. They're both it, ice cream. They're just different flavors. Exactly. Huh. Well put, Sam. Well put. Huh. Well, there always is the debate on vanilla or chocolate flavored. So, I mean, I guess you got yeah. that going on for you. So, yeah. This yeah, is I feel about like, ice cream. I feel like vanilla and chocolate is the difference between, like, conventional and claw. I, yeah. think, I think a better claw and saw comparison would be, like, homemade vanilla versus French vanilla. Yeah. They're both vanilla. They're, both, they're the yeah. same flavor. With, like, barely a little baby yeah. tweak. Or chocolate or chocolate almond. Yeah. Well, yeah. chocolate's a lot better than chocolate almond. Oh, so. I disagree. We'll have a big praline. debate on that. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll say anyway, that for another show. What did y'all think of uh, Royal St. George's? I didn't have a problem with it. I just thought that it was a perfect storm for, or lack of storm, really, <laughs> uh, for uh, for perfect scores out there. And when the when the weather's that good, I have no problem seeing guys go out there and take it deep. You know, I'll, I'll be honest with you, Sam. I, I give you a lot of smack just because I say you don't respect the history of the game <laughs> and how you, you've said the PGA Championship is the second best Major, it is. And we've had some debate about that. But I tell you what, guys, my opinion will change next year when it's at St. Andrews. But the Open Championship, as time has grown on, or time has gone on, the Open Championship has grown less on me over really? time. Really? Yeah. I, 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 I truly feel like the PGA now is more important than the Open Championship. Oh, well, yeah. Unless it it's has, at St. Andrews. Number one, it has a better field. Number two, they're playing. They're pretty close. Uh, yeah, they are pretty strength, close. Strength of field the last 10 years, I'd guess the average is within 5 or 10 okay. points. Okay, but what I'm saying is basically I like the courses that they play in the PGA better. I think that the setup is better. Uh, and we actually saw more weather in the PGA this year than we did in the British Open. I wholeheartedly disagree with both of you. I love the Open Championship. It's it's my second favorite major. It's my second favorite major behind the Masters. I like 
I like waking up every morning at whatever, literally whatever time I want to wake up. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Golf is on. It's Sunday afternoon. We're recapping the tournament. It was over at twelve thirty. We we could watch the golf tournament, watch a major championship conclude, record an hour, hour and a half podcast, and then go play a full eighteen holes. I'm not factoring that. I love everything about it. I love the courses over there. I love the link style. I love the champion golfer of the year. (laughs) Just all the the cheesy corny stuff they do. I love all of it. Speaking of that, by the way, we had an English fan take out a whoopee cushion when <laughs> Colin Morikawa was on the 18th tee. Could you imagine if he was like tied for the lead and someone rips ass in his backswing? The most <laughs> dignified fans in the world here in England. <laughs> <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that where they all go streaking to? In the yeah. Open Championship, notorious for also, the streaker. I mean, what would he say? Pictures this week? <laughs> did y'all see all the pictures this week? Apparently, like. Dudes just walk around with their shirt off at the open. Yeah, fans, I guess. Like it's just commonplace. It's just acceptable to walk around with no shirt on at the open. Well, they're I, not trying to impress anybody. You heard what Woody said. The British <laughs> Open is known for two things: yeah, weather and ugly women. Yeah, there's a reason the sheet back into the wall or whatever in the world. He's I don't saying. even know. Woody. <laughs> but here's my question: We'll have so, Woody on tomorrow so or we, on Tuesday. So we had this. We have this whole thing going on. Guys not wearing shirts at the open. We got people at the U.S. Open going out and hitting balls in the 13th fairway. <laughs> we were at the Senior P. Championship, you couldn't walk in with a freaking one of these hammers over here that I'm looking at. I mean, the, I just wonder what is the the security protocol between these other opens and the PJ Championship? That's because Tulsa does it upright. Yep, Tulsa to Southern Hills Country Club does it upright. So, so what you're saying is, at next year's PGA, we won't have people taking balls in the 13th fairway <laughs> we, and trying to hit them over. Did into we ever Lewis find Avenue. out how he got a golf club into the, into the vicinity of no. the gate? No, we never figured. that Had out. to have just like tucked it down his. He had to have like worn pants or something and tucked it down. Like I have no idea how he did it. But uh, y'all want to give us some, <laughs> some basically the, basically the security at some of these tournaments is not good. But if it comes to Oklahoma, we got security. No, oh, wait, but, wait, wait. Final take on Royal oh, St. Yeah, George. I, I, oh, oh, yeah, I got a little bit more to add. I, I do too. So before we go to the Twitter cues. I was going to say, um, I think it's a great major championship venue. I think the weather this week made it really easy, which took out one of my favorite aspects, which is the fairway bunkers. There just wasn't a ton of run out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are a lot of holes at Royal St. George's that I absolutely love. I think several of the par threes out there are really good. 14 is a great, great, great par five. And I, without the wind, it, it took the the artistry away of that hole if you have a left to right yes. wind on that hole yes. imagine how hard that tee shot would be it's hard with no wind yeah, well, well our boy marcel seam hit the layup with oh. an iron out of bounds <laughs> the wind was down and off the right that is the hardest wind to miss right on and then my guy bobby mack hooked at ob today hooked yep. it hard ob today uh but i would say all in all i think my favorite hole out there might be number five Number five is such a good hole. If you try to challenge the left side of the fairway off the tee, you very much bring bunkers into play. Uh But if you just bail out to the right side of the fairway, you have this huge mound in front of you. You can't see anything. You're going drastically uphill. The wind was hurting them. It was a hard hole all week. There were a lot of holes out there I really liked. I I think it's a good major championship My favorite hole is number 16. I I think it's a great long par three. It's fair. Uh, And we saw Louie. I mean, my goodness, he almost made it. Uh, 11. 11's the long part. Oh, wait, wait, 11. 11. I'm thinking of 11. 11 plays 253. 16 Sorry. plays more in like no, no, the no. 165 I'm thinking range. of 11. Yeah, okay. I, yep. I didn't mean, mean to say 16. 16's a part three also, I think, but I meant yeah, to say is. 11. It is. It is. Yeah. Yep. This is what I'm going to say. Like, you've mentioned a couple holes there, and I think about St. George's, and I love I love hole number five, and I love hole number 14, which is interesting because they're the fifth hole on each side, so whoever designed the course must have liked the number five. <laughs> um, and I just, I look at other 
open championship courses, and I'm excluding St. Andrews from this because that's the home of golf, and that an open at St. Andrews, like I said, is is as close to comparable as winning the Masters yeah, as you can get. In I my would opinion. agree. And but I just look at some of the other open championship courses, and I think of Royal True number eight. I think of Carnoustie number eighteen, and I try to Royal Burkdale has a couple of holes out there, but I think of all these courses and. A lot of the holes are just so similar, and they're it, there's just not a like I love saying it is uh, St. George's is up there when it comes to the character category of the golf course, and maybe it was just the weather not playing a factor, well, but just seems so much of the courses seem to play so similarly. One thing I will say is the course conditions were awesome because if they did get some weather and wind, then that heavy rough, that that rough was lush and thick, more than we normally see at the open. Normally it's more wispy and you can hit some, you know, longer irons out of that native grass. But this week, if there would have been some wind, you would have seen some guys, you know, like we saw a couple times with guys just hitting it like 15 yards left, and just one, totally shutting down the club face. And one thing that I loved, and I saw a little bit of it, just not as much as I usually see, is the – and I asked this about to Woody, the variety of shots from inside of 100 yards, and I didn't see a whole lot of it. I saw a couple people try to bump and run shots. I've, you saw some long putts off the green. Spieth kept leaving them short. That was kind of the story there. I just – Because the greens were receptive. Well, I think just were, the weather, yeah. too. It was just yeah. – it was so calm and easy. It was a dart-throwing fest, and mm-hmm. it's not – it was very – it was a very untraditional open. And yeah. I, I I think that that's kind of where it's coming along with me in the sense of it's it's a tournament that's so much reliant on the weather because they can't set the course up a certain way if the weather gets so bad. And I think that takes a little bit away from it. And I'll be honest with you, the reason I don't think it does it the same for the U.S. Open is because you expect the U.S. Open to be a, a tough son of a gun anyway. And so I think they just don't want, across the pond, they don't want things to get quote-unquote unfair, and they're so scared of that. And then uh, this was a great tournament. I'm not going to discredit the tournament. I thought it was just great. I just think that... I, I'm, my whole point being, as I get older, the Open Championship has fallen a little bit lower on my category. But I will say, uh, I, I gained a lot of respect for the RNA yesterday, uh, especially after round one and two were the lowest ever uh, strokes, uh, average strokes on on a round for both rounds, and two in a row. Like most, I think the first round was the lowest, you know, ever. Right? Am I am I right on that? That the first round and the second round were two uh, in a row. I think the two the scoring average for both days uh, might have been up there. I I know. I mean, I know where you're going with this. They set it up. They set it up much tougher. Extremely hard on Saturday, yep. and I gained a bunch of respect for them. It was right on the edge, but I think it was perfect because they had to make it a little harder on these guys at least one day because there was no weather. The greens were receptive, like we're talking about, and guys even like Rom and Louis Ustazen were like. Like it might not come through on the broadcast. It might look nice and calm and easy, but those pin locations were diabolical. Well, and we saw that with Speed on 17. We saw it with multiple guys on 17. Yep. Louie did the same thing, driving it down there to 68 yards, and now you've got that front pin placement barely over the false front. Speed tried to run it up, came up two feet short. It rolls back down. He three putts, makes five. Louie tried to go with the wedge. You, you can't stop it. He ends up 35 feet past, two putted for his par, but that was just a great well, pin location. Both shots were terrible, by the way. Look, yes, they were They uh, were not good, okay, but still, the, the pin was great. Yeah, the pin was great. Y- your point is made. Uh, just real quick on that Speed shot because we covered the putt not as much the uh you know he, he tried to kind of drive it into the ground but he almost you know it, it kind of one of those shots where 
it kind of came off higher than he thought it was going to, and it didn't take that hard first skip. And and I think he maybe got a little bit too greedy on that shot. But you the, the number one place that you can't miss on that hole is short to that front pin in front of that false front. And that's what he did, and I think it kind of rattled him uh, into hitting a bad next putt where he ran it way by, and that, a lot, and that caused him to make bogey. On that Louie shot on 17 yesterday, he just hit like a pull kill wedge yeah. shot like 30 feet long. It's one of those where you take the 60 degree out, and you're really trying to spin it, and you just close it down a hair, mm-hmm. and you get that extra 10 yards of carry, and it stops immediately, but you're 30 feet because it carried too yeah, far. Yeah, but my total point was just the RNA is not n- known for doing things like that, like taking score into consideration, but they did this time just and, because the scores were so low. And here's the last point I'll say about it, and I know it's harder to do because this course only goes about 7,000 yards, but whenever I think of Open Championship, and, and I don't mean from the aspect of hitting iron off the tee like Tiger did, but I, I think of a course like Hoylake where it's just so firm and so run out that you can do essentially whatever you want with a golf ball. And that's what I saw, and we just didn't get that this week because it was a little bit more receptive, whether it be weather, weather rain, rain, whatever it may be, if I can get my R's and my W's right. Um, but, yeah, I just I, <laughs> I think that just there has to be so many things go right for there to be a really, really good open chance. Even as great as this tournament was, yeah. I just think that too many things have to go right. But the number one factor in a good open championship is at St. Andrews, and it will be there next year. So. And my last point on Royal St. George's, it was more – weather-oriented like we talked about, and I think that that allowed, and I brought this up on the last show, it allowed some guys that have never played in the British Open or maybe playing in their first or second British Open uh, to be up there and contend, such as guys like Scotty Scheffler or your champion golfer golfer of the year, uh, Colin Morikawa. They were able to just go there and play their normal game. It wasn't that much different from the golf that they're used to playing on the PGA Tour. Yeah, you're right. It was just, I mean, you got to make the adjustment on the greens with the speed, obviously, but Colin Morikawa especially was able to do that let's head over to twitter uh take a look at some questions that we got from our followers some from some of our good listeners we'll start with champagne jerry on twitter great uh, twitter name says how many majors does colin win before he is 30 colin morikawa currently 24 years old so i don't know exactly when his birthday is uh but he'll play roughly that means another 20 majors before he turns 30 years old he's already got two how many will he have on his 30th birthday sam you can start us off two you don't think he wins any more between now and 30? No, I, I think he wins two more. Two more, okay. He'll two, have four. Two more, four total. Tyler? I'm trying to go through. I'm looking at some of the, the future coming venues coming up. Um, I mean... Does it matter? Does good iron play work on all those venues? Uh, pretty much, yeah, okay. for the most part. Um, one of them at Southern Hills. I think he has a great chance to win at Southern yep. Hills. That's yeah, I, th- I, yeah, I think yeah. that's a good course for I, him. I would say majors are just hard to win. I, he'll, he'll win one more. Okay. Um, well, I, I was between one, one and two, and y'all took them both. You're I, uh, one and so a half. You, you gotta go zero now. <laughs> I'll, uh, I already said that I thought I think he'll win the most majors of the three we talked about, so I'll give him two between now and when he's thirty. But even that is still ten percent of the majors that he'll play between now and when he's thirty, which would be a really good clip of winning. Probably a couple more in his twenties, one or two in his thirties. Maybe he gets one in his early 40s. I don't know. We'll, we'll see how many he winds up with. Go ahead, Tyler. I was going to say, here's some of the uh, courses coming up. So It may actually be more. So next year, obviously you got Augusta every year, but you got Southern Hills, the Country Club, and St. Andrews. Country Club and Southern Hills are both iron golf courses. Mm-hmm. Then you got Oak Hill, which is another iron place. Los Angeles Country Club, which I'm sure he's familiar with. Yep. Royal Liverpool, which where Tiger hit iron off every tee box. So yep. that might work. Then you got Valhalla, Pinehurst, Royal Troon, Quill Hollow, Oakmont, um, Olympic Club, and Olympic kind of, Club. So, I mean, he, it, it might be more than one. It really might. But 
There's just so many good golfers out yeah. there. It's hard to win majors. Andy, really Andy's got to get hot with the putter. He hasn't yep. proven to us yet that he's consistently this good of a putter. Yeah, I just I don't need him to be consistent. I just need him to do get it hot. three times a year. Yeah. Just do it three times well, a year. You, you need a, him to make the putts on Sunday when it matters, which is he what did. he did today. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's, it, it's hard to say because it's like, you know, after Rory got four in a few years to start, we were like, oh, can Rory win 15? Rory hasn't won one since. Spieth got three just in the blink of an eye. It's like, oh, my gosh, how many Spieth's going to win? Spieth still has three. There's just there's no blueprint uh, for what happens whenever you become the hunted instead of the hunter. It's it's a different, different ball game. Uh, moving on, Colin. College Golf Book, one of our great listeners, got one of our 73-hole uh, tumblers, 73-hole tumblers that we gave away a couple of weeks ago. He said, and this kind of leads me down a path I was wanting to go down, am I the only one annoyed to hear, quote-unquote, he's perhaps too young to know what he just did and kid repeatedly on the telecast? It, uh, y'all go ahead and give your thoughts on the, well, the telecast this week because I've got more than enough. My thoughts are clearly... They haven't heard Morikawa give an interview because he sounds like he's about 45 years old when he speaks. It, it's or they haven't actually, watched him play golf either. Well, yeah, he I plays know that. like he's 45. Yeah, it's unbelievable. He's, he's well above his years, and some might take it the wrong way and kind of take it, you know, maybe trying to act like Tiger or some of these guys. But why not? Why not act like Tiger? I think sometimes uh, people kind of hate on guys that do things just the right way. I mean, it was unbelievable. Even What 24-year-old uh, turns around and salutes the crowd like he did? Or, 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 you know, after in the trophy presentation, my fiance Reagan was like, man, he's really respectful uh, to the crowd in England and everything, even though – he did say British Open in the post-game press conference. They probably didn't like that too much. They probably didn't like that too much. By the way, do you guys care about that? I think I don't. Not I don't care. Thing. So, so DJ summed it up perfectly he for did. me in his press conference on Tuesday. They said, "DJ, what do you call it? The Open Championship or the British Open?" He said, "The Open Championship." They said, well, "Why do you call it that?" He said, "Well, that's what it's called now." <laughs> and they they said, "Well, do you get upset when people call it the British Open?" He said. No. <laughs> That's exactly I, how I feel DJ about it. DJ summed it up perfectly. Who cares? Yeah, who cares? Didn't the official name used to be British Open, and now the official name is the Open Championship? Yeah, because yeah. when they when they announced Bobby Jones when he won, they said that he was the British Open champion. I feel it, like the last two weeks, I've been saying it both ways. Just it doesn't unconsciously, matter. Unconsciously, not even thinking yeah. about it. Uh, at least this year, it was in Britain. It wasn't in Scotland. So, yeah. I mean, he was right. They, this they this ch- year, They was. changed it to the Open because, you know, it's the could, oldest major championship. Well, they could take right. it to Port... To Port Rush, which is in Ireland and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Without what, was the qu- right. what was the question? I'm uh, sorry. The question was, we're, so talking about the telecast. So a couple things for me on the telecast. Number one, every time a, a player hits it in a bunker, he didn't get a bad break. He hit it. <laughs> and, and it wasn't just the the, the, the Ustays and shot today. All week I heard him, the guy's getting a bunker. Oh, my gosh, what a bad break to end up there. Yeah. I'm sorry. The guy who hit it 18 yards left to where he just hit it, who's in the fairway, didn't get a bad break. Uh, I didn't see too many balls land in the middle of the fairway and take rocket hops into bunkers. I will say they didn't did think say there that were a lot there. he got lucky uh, when he did hit it. He did get it pretty fortunate that that ball didn't take you know a right turn into either of those bunkers when Morikawa hit it uh what hole was 15. that 15. 15 I mean he missed but, them though he missed them yeah. narrow fairway bunch of bunkers to split he split them all yep. my other problem is I hate that we have to on Sunday for the last two hours of tea times every single time a guy got announced we have to hear Asian girl on the broadcast go now this guy right here this guy's got a real chance to make some noise today one of the best players in the world you'll be unbelievable you'll be amazed at some of the things this guy can do today no I'm sorry the guy who's starting eight shots back who's ranked 71st in the world no we don't have to keep a close eye on him today 
that drives me nuts. And also, do your research since you'll sound like an idiot on the broadcast. Today, Corey Connors is teeing off, and Paul Azinger says, oh, this guy could be one to watch out for today. One of the best putters in the world. Are you kidding me? Corey Connors? Corey Connors is not one of the 150 best putters no. in the world. It's the reason he's only won once on the PGA Tour. His ball striking is unbelievable. Yeah. He can't putt to save his life. We see that all the time. I, every, every time a guy gets ready to chip, Azinger's like, oh, one of the best short games in the world here. Go look at his strokes gain around the green. 178th. Come on. Yeah. By the way, can we get rid of playing through? when we? Worst thing that ever way, happened to golf coverage. What, what hole was it that Morikawa hit it in the crap? And it's like the first time Morikawa messed up all day. And all of a sudden, he hits it in the crap. They're like, where'd it go? And we go straight to playing through. And we have no clue where the ball is. When we come back, Morikawa's already over the ball yeah. in the crap. About to hit that shot. By the way, great shot. He had to open the face, and sometimes you can go under those. And he Which, took his medicine he just a did. little bit. He yeah. just went under one a few weeks ago. I can't remember where it was. Memorial? Memorial. Yeah. yeah, Memorial. He had just gone under one. But that's not necessarily Azinger, but it, it is NBC. Right. But, but that was on hole 10, by the way, where he was out to the right. And he had another lie on 15 at, after he hit a poor second shot that ended up left. Yep. The ball set way up in the rough. Could have easily gone under that. Both of them hit a good shot there as well. Yeah, yeah hit a good shot there and, as well. And I'll say this, and you guys are more fortunate than me in this first world problem that I have in the sense of <laughs> I watch it on my Xbox on the NBC Sports app and anytime they go to playing through they don't play through anything they go straight to the Mercedes-Benz commercial <laughs> I don't see any shots so, so you just miss all those shots I, I miss all the shots I miss them they're all they're playing into yeah they're, they're playing into really? they're, hitting, they're hitting into me when I'm trying to watch the golf and it's like They'll like go to the small square for like a second, and then they'll just go to all commercials. So I'm sure there's some people out there watching on your Fire Stick or some other app, and you're like, man, why did I not get to see this playing through? I was one of those people. So, But, yeah, it's first world problem. But nevertheless, when it comes to the coverage, I think, and we've complained about CBS, and, and really, can we find any coverage that does it right? Because it just seems like there's so many things that are so simple that it, it, it should be fixed. And I completely agree with the sense of playing through is just – it's idiotic in a sense because I mean I because don't you have to sell commercials for less when you do that too? Well, I, I don't I honestly don't know if they're selling them for more or less because there's still golf on the screen, so you're not going to change the channel. But I thought no laying up. They had a great tweet earlier. Imagine there's a minute to go in an NBA Finals game and they shrink the screen down to 18 percent of your TV size <laughs> and you have no audio. Yeah, I mean that's what we're doing. They, they did it on the 17th hole. Morikawa was going to his ball on the 17th hole and they go to playing through and I'm like. What are we does, doing? Okay, does the RNA or the USGA or the PGA of America not have as much money as Augusta National has to be able to pay for a sponsor? Am I no. just totally off the wall? I'm, I'm going to say no. As a, as a whole, as a whole, they don't have enough money to pay, you know, or, or get paid, whatever, for a sponsorship to have no, like, to have commercial-free coverage, Basically, the on, last, at least on the back nine. It's like Augusta. The last hour of the broadcast needs to be commercial-free. Is and, it that hard to sell that? Every time we watch another major, I appreciate the coverage we get at Augusta. What they've started to do digitally with Masters.com and the Masters app. Oh, I mean, is, they're the best. It's unparalleled in the game of golf and what they do on their broadcast. I know they're a little hoity-toity and forever they wouldn't let us come on early on and you never saw what the front nine looked like. But they have really progressed to a point where their coverage is so far beyond that that any other tournament puts out, it's mind-blowing. They don't miss. They, they never miss. miss. And isn't that crazy? Like you just mentioned, Colby, for, for up until the start of the 21st century, no one knew what the front nine, I guess, it looked like. It was the worst coverage until 10 years ago. And then, and then it became the best. Yeah. And that's by, the way, by, by far. And they, they've been open-minded and open to change, which is crazy to say about, you know, Augusta National, who gets a bad reputation, in my opinion, because they have been open-minded and open to change, especially on things like, you know, when Tiger, the, the classic 2019, what did they do? 
they teed off early in the morning and they they showed all the coverage. It, yeah. I mean, they they are willing to do whatever it takes for the the tournament coverage to be the best. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's get to another one. Uh, Matt Meyer produces for the Hump Man on Sports Animal. Yep. Uh, 98.1, 9 o'clock tomorrow morning. Craig's going to be all over it. Uh, Matt Meyer, how high should the statue of Kepka in my backyard be? By the way, <laughs> we didn't mention Kepka with the ultimate backdoor today. Totally shot himself out of contention yesterday, and then today goes out and fires a 565 Tice for sixth with Mackenzie Hughes, who's had back-to-back nice finishes in majors. So, hashtag how high should the statue of Kepka in Matt Meyer's backyard be? How tall is Jenna? Uh, great question. I would say it should be the, the height of the statue should be however long Bryson's driver is. There we go. So 40, 48, in, 48, What's 46. I don't know. He, he pretty keeps tall tre- statue. It doesn't matter. He, he keeps tweaking it, and he's just going to complain and say that Cobra built it badly. I mean, Kepka's the best. I it's, love Kepka. It's, uh, yeah, Kepka backdoor T6 today with the 65. He almost backdoored a top five if Fratelli didn't, you know, he kept, Fratelli looked like if he had to play three more holes that he was going downhill quickly. How about Fratelli, though, solo Solid finish, though. What a finish, man. I I, want to get in Fratelli, but I'll ask you all one more question because we had the Morikawa, Spieth, Rom. Who wins more majors? Do you throw Kepka in that group? Uh, no, Or is he he capped out? No, he's already above. There's there's that level. Like, you have the level of, to me. Yeah, but but I'm talking, like, who will win more in the next 10 years So, Spieth has, what, three or four? But but if we ask that question, wouldn't we all universally say Kepka? Yeah, because well, well, I'm saying who will win more. I'm not saying who will have more at the end of their career because he oh, you're just started. saying who wins more in the next decade. Yeah, I'd say. Oh my gosh, Wrong. that is a hard question. Okay. That, that, I thought you were saying who has the most. Okay, who, who will end up having more? Because I mean, even then, you could throw Rory in there. I know, you know but majors like, are so hard to win. You're just going to go with the guy. So that, that's hard that's to why win. I'm going with over the next decade because you got well, four compared to one. And in my opinion, right now, just right now, before we answer this question, I think that Kepka is you know a tier above guys like you know a Spieth, a Rom, a DJ, a Morikawa. I think Kepka is a, a tier above those guys. I, to me. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I would put him a tier above. DJ and I'm not talking about right now Morikawa. as a player. I'm talking about right now as a legacy. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably fair. I mean, Morikawa is still very young. Next ten years between those four, not who ends their career with the most, just next ten years. Um, mm, that's tough. You got Kepka with the injuries, but yet, when's the last time he finished outside the top ten of a major? I know. I I think I'll go. Golly, that's I still got to go Rom just because he's so damn good. I'll go Morikawa because there's just not a single week that he doesn't go out and, and fire I, at about 50 flags out of 72 Wait, holes. wait. Do we get to count his majors already, Kepka's? No, no, no. Just no, the no, next I 10 was years. Just, I was just, just saying who starting you think, all at zero. Yes, yeah, yeah, they started all at years. zero. Yeah. yeah, then I'm going Rom. Since this was Glory's last shot now. And that might be why I don't like the Open as much anymore because the last major is just like, it's a sadness in the aspect because now i got to wait nine months till Augusta or eight hey, months, however long. Now we, now we get the... Uh, coveted FedEx Cup. <laughs> hey, we, <laughs> by the way, what tournament is this week? I'm going to be gone. Taylor and Sam are going to be holding it down. I'll be in I don't the, know. We'll tell when, you on when, Tuesday. When the Olympics, <laughs> Olympics got started. Yeah, we soon. got the Olympics and the Ryder Cup, boys. Olympics We're chilling starts, on this year at least. Olympics starts Saturday because I remember it's the day after I get back. Olympics starts Saturday, but no, I think not, the not the golf. golf. Yeah, I was going to say, just the, that's when they have the ceremony. The golf on starts Friday on the so. 25th through the 27th, I think. So next it's Monday. the week before the women's. So next Monday or next Wednesday, I believe, is when the golf, okay. the golf starts. And they will not have a tour event that week. Uh, here's a really good question. We got Wait, on what Twitter. was the question? The last one. It oh, was, how it was high? Meyer about, okay, yeah, yeah, about yeah, yeah. the statue. This, I, okay. I would say six feet, nine inches. Okay. Nice. I like that. Uh, <laughs> how about this from Josh Jennings? This is a good question. Will Louis Ustase never win another major? That's a good question. 
Man, it's so weird to hear him say another because I just feel like he still hasn't won one because the one he won yeah. was 11 years ago. It's so crazy. And he won by How like old six. Is Louis? 30, Louis 38. 38. They said it on the telecast earlier. Um, with, with, with his game, you figure what? Another decade maybe that he could contend? That's 40 more? No, I, 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 I mean, say no, 48. and I put him in that group, even though he's already won one. But just right now, I put him kind of in a Westwood type group where he's always going to be good. By but the way, always the, always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Round of applause to Lee Westwood, who this week, by contending in his 88th major champion, is now the uh, the player in the history of golf with the most majors played in with no wins. Who, who, who'd he pass? Wow. Oh, I don't know who he passed. I, I know this because I saw it the other day. I don't know who he passed. We saw him at um, at um, Southern Hills. Southern Stricker? Pizza. No. Was it's not good Stricker. Guess. It was a good um, guess. Hey, this is kind of off the wall. Monty? He was a President's Cup captain. Oh, uh, President's Cup captain. Oh, man. His son made a very important putt. Oh, oh, oh man. How did, I, how did I not give that away? I don't know. Jay Haas. Brain dead. Oh, Jay Haas. Oh, Jay Haas. Okay. Really? Jay Haas. 87. Okay. had 87 wow. starts. Well, shout out to Westwood for making, making Cause, history. Cause him and Westwood that was a good tight. question. Yeah. Okay. So I would have never guessed that. So let's settle on Louie. Sam's a no. No, no. You're I, a no? I, I think this was the year. Unfortunately. And I, th- I, th- I love Louie. I think Louie right now is collecting a lot of checks, and he's going to go back to the farm and just enjoy life. Yeah, it's – man, it'd be tough to see him topping the putting year that he had this year, and he was so close this year yeah. he couldn't get it done. I – I think I'm going to have to say no. And also, the thing we got, Louie Louis has the back issues. Oh, nice. I just saw a reply, by the way, to Matt Myers' tweet. Somebody else on Twitter said the same height as Bryson's driver. So No uh, way. Yeah. Really? yeah. Well done. <laughs> Great minds think alike. Well done. Uh, here's another good one. This last one we've got on Twitter. Uh, two questions. We, are, we already talked about how many more majors Morikawa can win. Will Ricky Fowler ever win a major is a question we get from Aaron on Twitter. Will Ricky ever win a major? Ricky made the cut this week, so that's a good start. Uh, will I mean, Ricky ever win a major? It, it, major? Will he ever win a PGA Tour event again? Uh, I'd say yes on tour event, no on major would be my answer. I'd have to agree with that. Ricky shot minus five today to finish T53. Yeah, he did wow. not have a good Saturday. Saturday was really bad to Ricky. He shot like 76 yesterday, I think. I will say I'm almost 100% no on Ricky winning a major, and I'm about 50-50 on if he'll win a tour event. I'm, really? I feel the exact same way. He, he, he is still young. That I will give him that. So he's got a lot of time, and he's always had talent. But I just I, I, I have to start seeing it again before I can say it. Maybe he'll have a speed effect. By the way, I agree. I, I did notice one thing with Ricky real quick on his swing this week when they did show him on Thursday and Friday, I noticed that at the top of his swing, he's getting laid off like he used to be a little bit. Yes. Yeah, that's when he started. his game started coming uh, unraveling, when his swing got quicker and more laid off. I feel off, like which he's is exactly in between his old, old, old swing, his old swing, and whatever swing he's using <laughs> now. Well, go watch his swing when he finished top five in, in all the majors. It, he looked so smooth and elegant, and now he's back to that swing of where it's almost like Joaquin Neiman, where he's not going to have a back in three months. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I worry about that with Ricky, too, in that I, aspect. I'm probably 90-10 on him not ever winning a major, but I'm probably 70-30 on him winning another tour event. I mean, he's still just young. At some point. There's just so many tour events. He'll play there's some, so much time. There's but here's the so qu- much here's, time. I know there's so much time. If he doesn't get the plane, but he's going to run out of status. No, nah, I mean, I think, but no. he'll get so many sponsors, invites, and stuff. I think over the next 10 years, I think it's a safe bet that Ricky will play in 15 to 20 tour events a year. That gets him somewhere between 150 and 200 starts over the next decade. I think he wins on tour again. Yeah, I agree. 
Uh, go ahead on Ricky. I was Ricky. just going to say, I say Ricky. I, I see Ricky kind of turning into a Charles Howell-esque player. Okay. Okay. Well, very well could happen. Yep. Easily speaking, could happen. Speaking of two OSU guys, the other OSU guy uh, that played well in this tournament was Victor Hovland. He shot a four under today, finished at six under, but misses another top ten in a major, has not finished top ten yep. in a major yet, and he that, misses this one by a shot. Career, career best finish in a major, though. T12. Yeah. yeah. Working his way up. It's... It, it's it sounds crazy, How, but it, we just see him finish like top five every week, so it seems like he should have already finished top ten in a major. I'm not talking crap on him, obviously. I'm just saying it, it seems to me like he would have already done it. Well, and the guy that he's compared against, Morikawa, along with Wolf, and Morikawa's got two majors now, so right. it seems like yeah. he's getting lapped. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's, it's not fair to Hovland and Wolf that they just so happen to no. come out at the same time as Morikawa, who's now won two majors yeah. in 11 no, months. No, it's not fair at all. They're both ballers. And that's not yeah. saying that Hovland or Wolf could end up with more majors than Morikawa. Yeah, I mean, they, I don't they think... most certainly could. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of time left in all of these guys' careers. Uh, I thought Spieth was really funny after the round, talking about Morikawa and how great he is. Uh, he didn't know how old he was. He said, he's talking about Morikawa. He says, is he 21? Is that it? How old is he? I don't even know. And then somebody talk, said 24. He's like, 24? At 24, obviously, there's a bright future ahead. That's pretty special. I think winning one can happen to a lot of people playing really good golf in one week, and I think winning two, three more, or more, he's obviously proven that this stage is where he wants to be, and I just I, I think the difference between a one-time major winner and a two-time major winner is so significant whenever you look over the history of golf so many guys can have four good days and pop up and win one major. Look at Ben Curtis here in 2003. Uh, Y.E. Yang that we hate to talk about in 2009. There have been other guys. Todd Hamilton popped up and won a major. A lot of guys win one Shane Lowry has a major winning two it puts you in a little bit different category and I mean it's a category look how long it took Dustin Johnson it took Justin yeah. Don- Johnson until his mid to late 30s to get to two Rom finally got himself to one it's hard to get two I'm I'm still kind of uh if you told me 12 months ago Colin Morikawa would have two majors in a year I it would be pretty shocking I'm 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 a little shocked that he was able to get two in this super mega major season we've had I'm shocked if you asked me that question back then, but watching his game yeah. and just how mature it is already, it doesn't shock me now. Yeah. How about this? Uh, the seven majors in 11 months run that we had. We had Morikawa at uh, at TPC Harding Park with the tee shot into 16, the driver to six feet for eagle. We had uh, Bryson DeChambeau just absolutely bring winged foot to its knees. We yep. had DJ finally getting his second major yep. at Augusta National, winning the Masters, setting a scoring record. We had Hideki Matsuyama. We had the caddy bow to the golf course. We had an unbelievable Masters. We had Phil shock Don't, for, the world. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't skip over the Masters without talking about Xander Shoffley and Dottie Pepper. That was the story of the Masters. We the wall of wind. That wall of wind was serious. It may still be there. Any, the- anyone who's played Augusta recently, number 16, let us know if the wall of wind is still on 16. Here's we need question. to know. Here's the question. Did the caddy actually bow to the course or did the wall of wind actually blow him <laughs> blow over? over? That had been what it was. The wall of wind. Uh, we had Phil shocking the world at Kiowa. We had Rom's putts on 17 and 18 at the U.S. Open to get his first major at Torrey Pines in his first start after having to withdraw with a six-shot lead due to yep. COVID-19. And then we had Morikawa play borderline flawless golf at Royal St. George's to get his second major in 11 months. Boys, we don't have another one for nine months, but we were ridiculously spoiled over the last year. All right, let me ask you this. Of the four major champions this year, you got Rom and Phil versus Hideki and Morikawa in a best ball. Who you got? Ooh, Rom and Phil versus Hideki and Morikawa in a best ball. The match. 
Well, three of those guys could either literally make 200 feet of putts in a round or 18. <laughs> so, I mean, Hideki, Phil, and Warakawa could all just have a day where nothing goes in. Um, Phil's the wild card, man. T- tell me the course Phil that it's is at. Wild then I'll yeah, what, what course are we playing? That's what I need to know. We are playing... Hefner? Lincoln? Oak Tree? <laughs> Oak Tree? Well, let's play... Uh, for this one, we'll play... Cypress. Oh, Cypress. Oh, man. So we're in Cali. I'm assuming they have Poena Greens. We're way too far down this rabbit hole. I at like this it, point. though. We're way too uh, far down this rabbit hole. A made up match at Cypress. <laughs> Wind's With probably the four blowing major on the so, so this is like the new Grand Slam of golf if we were going to bring it back. We need to bring it back. Oh, we I'll already have the match. Get Phil. He's already one of them. At this point in their careers at Cypress, I'd go Morikawa and Hideki because they would strike the hell out of the ball at that place and just not put themselves in bad positions. Well, I just I, – I, I would go contrarian just because we have no way to prove opposite. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, in, by in the way, theoretical hypothetical. Real quick, we were talking about what tournament. It's the 3M, and Quake Cummins is actually playing in the 3M this year. Obviously, Let's last go. year at the 3M, uh, Matt Matt Wolf two years got, ago, two, two years, years ago, ago. Yep. two years. Yeah, sorry, the the COVID year. It all runs together. All runs together on me, but yeah, uh, you know. Quaid getting the sponsor's exemption. That's huge for him. So we'll be rooting for Quaid this week at the 3M. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there's no, there's no doubt about that. And we still got some more golf going on. We actually have Barbasol Championship going on. Hopefully my boy Luke Liss can pull it out and we'll update on the Corn Fair. Hopefully Taylor Moore is able to seal it up. But I want to go back to your point, Colby, about one-time major champions. I'm going to list off some of the great players to have only won one major championship to kind of make your point. You're looking at guys like Tom Weiskopf, Lanny Watkins, Craig Stadler, Hal Sutton, Bob Tway, Larry Mize, um, Ian Woosnam, Ian Baker Finch, Fred Couples, Tom Kite, Paul Azinger, Steve Elkington, Tom Lehman, Davis Love the Third, David Duvall, David Toms, uh, Jim Furyk, um, going down, Adam Scott, Louis only got one. I always uh, forget. Webb, Webb Simpson's got one. Justin Rose has wow. one. Jason Day only has one. Sergio. Henrik, Henrik Stinson, Sergio, yep. Justin Thomas, Patrick Reed. John Rahm. Uh, John yeah. Rahm now. I mean, obviously this happened just I, this year. I, um, I, but, but yeah, and, I always forget Freddie only has one. Yeah. It just goes to your point. Two is so much bigger yeah. than one. And I mean, a lot of those guys are, are active and can still get seconds, and we would expect Rom to get a second. I uh, don't know that we necessarily expect it from Hideki, Sergio, uh, Rose, Stinson, some of those other guys. But, I mean, getting one is hard. Getting two puts you in a different category. You don't happen to have two-time major winners up, do you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we will. I, I'm trying to look back in the day who won some ones. Do you have any that yeah, like – Yeah, here, it goes up by year. And so here, here's the oldest one-time major champion <laughs> – Andrew Strath, Andrew Strath, yeah. won the 1865 Open. That's his only major, unfortunately. Wow, Wasn't I'm looking up 1865 Open. I wonder what he shot. I think the uh, I think the shepherd who was watching the sheep finished second. Okay, right so here. what what do you want to know about about the two time winners, Colby? You want just, me to just, just list off some? Yeah, of them? just list off some of the some of the bigger names. I want big names that only have two in their career. Well, I'll I'll, I'll say this: uh, Wikipedia's already oh updated Morikawa, so that is so good for them. Um, you're looking at DJ, <laughs> Wait, looking at uh, Bubba Watson. Hold on, hold on, hold on. 1865 Open Championship. I'll give you I'll give you each three guesses. There's no chance you can guess. Uh, what what the winning score was? Yeah, no. Well, I mean, you're looking at it. But <laughs> I, I kind of <laughs> am. But for th- four three rounds, give me. The three round scores and then how much money you won. Three rounds, I'm gonna go eighty five, eighty seven, eighty four. Oh, way lower. The better question is how many players look at the field size. No, no, no. They only played twelve <laughs> holes back then. They only played twelve holes back then. Bro, yeah. look how so many people shot in holes. He, he shot hold on, twelve holes, so that's two thirds uh, of where I was gonna be at. So we'll go fifty seven, fifty six, fifty nine, uh, and I'll say that he won four pounds that year. 
I mean, You're honestly, not too far great off. guess. <laughs> like, <laughs> 55, 54, 53, 162 total. He won eight pounds. Nice. Clutch two-shot victory. <laughs> nice. And, Colby, did he get to many, hold, like, all eight coins in his pocket or what? How many players were in the field, Colby? It had to have been at least 25. <laughs> Cut it in half. 12? 12. <laughs> there were 12 players in the field? Field, field size of 12. Yep. <laughs> top, top, top four places paid. I'm sorry. If you finished fourth, you got two pounds. And we're counting stuff I'm sorry, like that. But we can't count that a major championship. 12 players. <laughs> That's not the same thing as Hideki winning the Masters no, this it's year. Just not. It's just not. How's it, how's it different? <laughs> <laughs> okay, give me the list. Two-time major champions, because this will really put into perspective where Colin Morikawa was already at at 24 years old. Okay, so the oldest two-time is Bob Martin. Oh, God. Uh, uh, won the 70s and 80s. 1876 and 1885 British Open. <laughs> by the way, by, by the way, real quick, everyone talks about how great old Tom Morris was. All right? He shot 57, 61, 58 in that tournament and finished fifth, which was middle of the pack. <laughs> finished middle of the pack. He was one spot out getting paid. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> he almost got his two pounds. Damn it. All right, so I'm going to try Sorry. try to get back on track here. Um, okay, so, so here's some of the bigger names to have only won two. Okay. Um, I'll go back even far. You probably won't like this. I'll go John Demerit, Ted Ray. They're all kind of big names. Craig Woods, another one. Uh, scroll down. Tony Jacklin, Johnny Miller, Funny, Fuzzy Zeller, Andy North. Fourth one, the back-to-back U.S. Opens. Sandy Lyle, Curtis Strange, Bernard Langer, who's known for the uh, Champions Tour stuff now. Then you got Breg, uh, Breg, Greg Norman, uh, Ben Crenshaw, your favorite, John Daly, Colby, Lee Jansen, Marco Mira, Jose Maria, Retief Goose, and Ango Cabrera, Bubba Watson, Martin Keimer, Zach Johnson, DJ, and now Morikawa. So you got a, a little bit of some guys that kind of maybe scrape by with it, but then you got your other and really, really modern, big I mean, Greg it, Norman. Greg Norman won two, guys. That's crazy. But by the way, are, are most of, if if not all of those two-time major winners in the modern era-ish, like since the 60s, are they all in the World Golf Hall of Fame? I would, I, 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 would I, I don't so. think any of these guys would not It'd be. have to be. Let's see. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Um, David Graham won two majors. I, I, mean, I want to ask y'all a question. Dave Stockton's another one. one two I want to ask y'all a question that I don't totally know the answer to. Let's say Louis stays on the same career trajectory he's on. But he never wins again. I'd put him in. Hall of Famer? I mean, he, he's finished, what, second so many times? Hall of Fame, though, man. He's I mean, won one. Uh, but I'm asking you, but it's, all, it's his only tour win. If, if he ends his career with one PGA Tour win, is, is he a Hall of Famer? I don't know the answer to that question. Is Monty a Hall of Famer? Yeah, you're right. I don't know if Monty. Is Monty a Hall of Famer? I don't know the answer. I, he's not current. I don't think he is currently, but I think he should be. He will be. I mean, it, is that. Do they factor he, in he, Champions he, Tour stuff? For That's a good question. They, they, fact, they, they can factor in anything. You yeah, just they can get, factor in then, anything. Then Monty's a Hall of Famer because he's won a, it's, a it's, couple okay. of U.S. I'll say this. It's not the PGA opens. Tour Hall of Fame. It's the World Golf Hall of Fame. And Louis does have a handful of wins on the pardon me, on the Euro Tour. So I, I don't know. It's I think it's just razor's edge as to whether and he And there's is. so many golf moments that have Louis Eustazen in it. If you remember, you know, everyone remembers the – the Bubba Watson hook yeah. 52 degree out of the trees. But Louis had the albatross that year. Louis had the albatross. Yeah. Louis made an ace on 16 a couple of years ago at yeah. Augusta. You know, he, like I said, you know, he's been up there in a lot of tournaments. It just, you know, 
he doesn't necessarily choke in dramatic fashion. He just does it in, you know, step-by-step fashion. Yeah, he just... Sneaky uh, choke. Just his his birdies turn into pars, and some yeah. of those par saves he was making turn into bo- bogeys. It's not like he it's not like he does the old Thomas Bjorn where he hits from the same bunker three times and keeps rolling right. back to his feet. Yep. Louis doesn't do that. Louis just does what he does today. Came out a little, little tight, shot one over, just yep. very lackluster just around the golf, done. finished T3. So, I don't know. I don't know. It's a good question. Well, here, here's a question. So, it seems like to be a Champions Tour member and to be eligible on the ballot, from what it looks like here, you have to be minimum 40. Well, that's obvious. Um, PGA Tour member for 10 years and 10 PGA Tour wins or two wins in the majors or players' oh, championship. so Louis does not qualify. And then the Champions wow. Tour would be Champions Tour member for five years and 20 wins between the PGA Tour and Champions Tour or five okay. wins in the majors, regular or senior or players' championship. Well, I'm glad you pulled up the criteria because yeah. that kind of answers my question. I guess, but I mean... So Louis needs to do... So, so, then so Louis is the if, GOAT. If Louis it. wins the players... <laughs> so, say then, that, so say that again. What does he have to do to be eligible? Just um, a, a tour win? From the way I understand it, you have to meet all this criteria okay. and... Uh, you were not just all, so minimum of forty years old, obviously. Um, uh, PJ Tour member for ten years. He's got that. Okay. T- ten PJ Tour wins or two wins in the majors or players championship. Okay, so he needs to win the players and he'll be eligible. Yeah, and then because he ain't getting to ten, obviously. And then if if you go on the Champions Tour and you do better, you have this option: uh, P- uh, Champions Tour member for five years or. Tw- uh, 20 wins between PGA Tour and Champions Tour and five wins in the majors, regular or senior majors. Okay. So, I mean, that's you got you to gotta play some golf to even be eligible. But, I mean, it's a Hall of Fame. You shouldn't just let anybody in. So, I like the fact that there are strict criteria. Yeah. But that just, I mean, that knowing that now, God, if Louis ever gets... That makes me gets, feel even worse for Louis. But knowing that now, if he ever gets into contention at the players, I'm going to be so nervous for it. <laughs> I know. I mean, if Louis's coming down the stretch... You think he knows? I doubt it. The, no, there's, surely there's no way he knows that and is thinking about that. I don't know. If we ever have him on, we'll say, hey, Louie, you need to win a players to be eligible for the Hall of Fame. How's that going to make you feel coming up on By 17T? The way, I, speaking of that, I thought that Louie handled the media really well Always this week. Always does. I mean, Pure class. Getting, getting asked these questions that you have no answer to, it's like, why did you, you know, hit it left on 17 at the U.S. Opener? Why can't you win the big one? I don't know. I wanted to. I, yeah. <laughs> it's like the Happy Gilmore. Like, I was trying. Yeah. He, I just he, couldn't do it. And he just look at him and say, because there was another guy who played 72 holes, the same 72 that I played, in fewer strokes than I did. Yeah. It's just, that's golf. Sometimes that happens. Uh, sometimes you're playing golf, you tweak your back. You need to go to the Spine Clinic of Oklahoma, see Dr. Beecham and Dr. Brawley, both avid golfers. High-quality, individualized patient care. Total, complete spine care at the Spine Clinic. Dr. Beecham does non-invasive, and the Spine Clinic offers the capability to approach all options before surgery. Dr. Beecham specializes in interventional pain management, and he is double board certified in anesthesiology and pain management. However, if you are needing back surgery, Dr. Brawley recently received the honor of being listed as one of the top 20 spine surgeons under the age of 40 in all of North America. Visit thespineclinicok.com, located just off of Broadway Extension on Britain in Oklahoma City. Taylor Moore update, fellas. He is two shots clear right now through eight. And by the way, this leaderboard is lit with guys uh, with Oklahoma ties. Taylor Moore at 24 under with 
10 holes remaining. Charlie Saxon is at 21 under, 7 under on the day, uh, but he only has one hole left, so he won't be able to catch Taylor Moore. We've got Grant Hirschman, the former Sooner, at 20 under par. He still has six holes left. He's four back of Taylor Moore. Joshua Creel is in T10. I mean, this leaderboard, Tyrone Van Aswegen uh, played his college golf at OCU. He's T15. Uline is T15. This leaderboard is littered with guys who are either from Oklahoma or or who have been through here to play their college golf. All these Oklahoma guys must love taking it deep because yesterday in round three of the Memorial Health Championship on the Corn Ferry Tour, it was the all-time lowest single round scoring average in Corn Ferry Tour history at 66.908 shots. Nice. All right, so I I was doing a little bit more reading on the uh, eligibility requirements here. So I went down to international ballot, and it said, men and women golfers not fully eligible for the PGA uh, system that I just read off are eligible for the international ballot if they meet the following requirements. So 40 years old, again, they actually bumped that up to 45 last year, uh, reading deeper. And then if they accumulate 50 points earned throughout these different things, so a major win is six points, a player's championship win is four points. Wait, add this up for Louie. Uh, he'll have it. He'll have it. A PGA Tour win or European Tour win is three points. Um, a champion or a Japan Tour, Sunshine Tour, PGA Tour, Australia Champion Tour win two points. And then if you're a member of the, the Ryder President's Cup, you get one point. So okay. I think Louis will get in. The reason I look down further because nine Euro Tour wins gets him 27 points right there on that criteria Plus six. you just read. Plus six for the major gets him to 33. Plus one for the PGA Tour. What, what Sunshine Tour win get you? Uh, how many two. points did that say? Two. two. He's got eight of those, so that's sixteen. Uh, and then, that's then how many, 16, ever, then how many of our team appearances? Yeah. he has? forty-nine plus the team appearances, so he meets the fifty-point criteria yeah. for the and, international. Good for Louie. All right, and good. We said this earlier. Monty is in the Hall of Fame. He was inducted in twenty thirteen. There we go. Okay. There Sorry. we go. Problem solved. Well done, Taylor. That's just some great on the spot research. That, I'm putting Louie in the Hall of Fame. Um, I want, in. I want one more trophy. Louis I want one in. more trophy. Okay. I, no I, matter I, where. Yeah, I just I need to see him win on the PGA Tour. Okay, he, I need to see it. You got Marco Mira, Davis Love, and Ian Woosnam are also in the Hall of Fame. I think Louis kind of in that group of players. Okay, yeah. I don't. I don't think he's a step below those guys. Okay, opinion. I agree. Yeah, fair enough. It, again, razor's edge. It, I mean, I'm not going to like show up with a poster board to protest if they let yep. Louis in the Hall of Fame if he doesn't win again. He's he's a really good player uh, and has been for a long uh, time. Dwight D. Eisenhower and George H. W. Bush are in the World Golf Hall of Fame. Nice, really. Not nice. sure what in the world they did besides being president. Well, Eisenhower had the treat. So you're telling me that Louis Eusthazen <laughs> only has one more win than George W. Bush on the PGA Tour? Correct. Accurate. Okay. Yeah. Accurate. Yep. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Did, did we miss anything, boys? Hey, real quick, on Timor, is he locked? If he wins this week, he's locked. I, locked. I think even even if he doesn't. That's true, because even if he doesn't, worse, he's going to finish his top three. Only he's got to be locked. Even if he doesn't, only one or two guys are going to beat him. He's got to be locked. He's got to be locked. And even it's one of those deals where are you technically locked or are you going to have to break your back and then, every, like I talked about, everyone else went around you. Right. So, I mean, I or, mean, or are you going to have to make one more cut in the next month? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah I think, I think that he's, he's in, he's, he'll have his tour card very soon, which I think any, like us, Sam growing up playing with him, we knew it was coming sooner rather than later. Yeah, Taylor Moore having an incredible season on the Corn Ferry Tour, really picking it up as the summer goes along. Hopefully he can get that first win today, uh, and we'll be celebrating a trophy. Boys, I am out of here for the week, headed up to the Northeast, D.C. and New York this week for me. My first time Northeast at all, so it should be quite the experience. So, uh, what is on the docket this week? 3M Open? A little, little the, Tuesday action? We got the 3M. We'll probably have Woody on on Tuesday, hopefully, depending on his schedule, to uh, recap a little more open talk and 
and and talk a little 3M, talk a little Quake Cummins, Matthew Wolf, uh, stuff like that. Tomorrow, uh, you can catch me on uh, the. Well, it's Al Ishback's show, but Bobby Thompson's filling in, so I'll be talking some open with him tomorrow evening on the Sports Animal 98.1 in OKC. Um, T-Dub, what, you got anything? I just know Colby will be calling in on Tuesday, and so we'll, we'll see We'll see what he has to say from Washington, D.C. or New York or wherever the hell you're going. So. Yeah, my schedule's not too busy. I, I, haven't been the, not too busy. I haven't been the Northeast since COVID, but I know before that it was beautiful and a lot of fun. So I The think Northeast it, is great. Is I love it, D.C. New York, yeah. New York is busy, or at least it used to be. We're, so, so if you don't like people. So we're going to New York for one day. We're staying in D.C. Like, we're spending the week I, in D.C. One day, I think Wednesday, we're taking the train. It's like a 5 a.m. train. We're taking to New York City. It's like a two-and-a-half-hour train ride. We're going to spend the full day in New York, and then I think I, th- I think our train to come back to DC leaves at like eight o'clock that night. So I we'll have about twelve hours in New York City. Speaking of New York to DC, I got to tell a quick story. So when I played in uh, the Junior PGA, it was at Trump National before Donald Trump was ever the president. You know, that's the one that's he- right out by the Statue of Liberty, right? No, 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 no. Trump National. It's in Washington DC. Oh, Trump! I'm thinking of Liberty National. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, but this was like, what, 2013? Uh, and so this was before he ever even ran for president. And he was, you know, the guest speaker at the Junior PGA Championship. And Donald Trump, every night, took his helicopter from his, you know, a big apartment or whatever or house, I don't know what he has, in New York City, and came from New York City, flew his helicopter to D.C., spoke, and then flew back. And it was one of the coolest experiences <laughs> I've ever seen watching. And this was before he was ever even president, he was just famous Donald Trump flying his. I'm playing my practice round, and Donald Trump flies his sweet helicopter just right over our heads, lands it right next to number nine green, and just walks in and gives us a speech. And Tony Kornheiser, of all people, <laughs> was actually Kornheiser? the MC that night. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Tony Kornheiser. Random golf story right there. Yeah, that is. Here's my question. And for anyone who has a helicopter out there, please let us know. What kind of protocols do you have to go through to get air clearance now, to now, fly between states? Trump's Trump's helicopter was not a normal helicopter. Right, right. Like, it was more a mix between a plane and a helicopter. Y'all like, ever it was been on a helicopter? No, and I no, never I, will I, be. I won't be either. I, not after uh, COVID. Yeah, same. I don't think I could either. I get really motion sick, too, and they say if you get motion sick, helicopters are tough. Very yeah. wobbly and stuff. I think I'd puke on a helicopter. I, I just yeah. know that air monitoring is so severe because of foreign invaders and all that stuff. It's like, do you, you can't just buy a helicopter and go fly it anywhere. You'll get Trump shot can. down. Trump could. If you have enough money. I mean, if but, you but, enough- but, but, but what do you have to do before that to say, hey, I'm flying this helicopter. Don't shoot me down. You're asking the wrong. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure the pilots and stuff have to, like, talk to the Pardon me, talk to the FAA. They just yeah. probably have to say, call in and say, hey, we've got a flight scheduled at this time, departing from here. Just be on the lookout and just, yeah. I mean, there's towers all over and stuff. Yeah. Figuring By the way, stuff out, but. I know, you know, regardless of your opinion on Trump, Trump National in D.C. is a sick course, right? Is on it? the Potomac River. Yeah. It's awesome. How'd you play that week? I played, <laughs> I shot uh, <laughs> 69, 79, 69 and missed the cut by a shot. Two of those rounds were nice. Yeah. yeah. The one in the middle was not. No, it wasn't. The one in the middle was not. All right, great stuff, boys. We are going to call it a day. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks for all your support. And uh, we'll be back. Taylor and Sam will be back Tuesday with more here on the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma.